actually it does not require too much time but uh, to gain more knowledge always will put you above into the next level so my advice never stop learning This podcast shows that Ukraine is not what foreigners see on television. In reality, Ukrainian people are much better, much more interesting and dynamic than foreigners expect. So let's change the stereotypes. This podcast is about the real life experiences, work and personalities of Ukrainian people from all backgrounds. The goal is to build the great reputation of Ukraine all over the world and to change the stereotypes so that foreigners discover the positive truth about Ukraine, hear the voices of Ukrainians, visit the country and invest in the economy, creating more opportunities for the younger Ukrainian generations to stay and build their country. Hello, my name is Aziz and I have a deep connection with Ukraine. My grandfather volunteered in 1987 to help liquidate the Chernobyl chemical radiation because he believed in humanity. He was a real hero for me and even though he struggled with cancer after that for the rest of his life, he always told me many great things about Ukraine and its people. Then from 2018 to 2019, For two years, I began working with UNICEF in Ukraine to help build orphanages for the children who lost their families in the war. I could not return to Ukraine in 2020 because of COVID-19, so this project is my volunteer work to help Ukraine. And thank you all so much for the support. This podcast now is ranked number one on Apple Podcasts about Ukraine. Top 100 travel podcasts in France, Switzerland, Hong Kong, and Ireland. Top 60 travel podcasts in the United Kingdom, Norway, Japan, and Denmark. Top 50 in Sweden, Canada, Italy, Spain, Singapore, and Jamaica. Top 25 travel podcasts on Apple Russia. Top 15 on Apple Poland, Latvia, Belarus, and in the Netherlands. And top 10 in Finland, Romania. Cyprus, Thailand, South Korea, Egypt, and the Maldives Islands. So many sunny places that love Ukraine too. So keep supporting this project. More than 110 interesting people participated in this podcast for Ukraine. From the vice president of the Helen Marlin Group, to the vice chancellor of the UGCC, to the Vatican Holy See, to the president of the Erasmus Student Network Kiev, to the president of the World Trade Center Kiev, to the Royal Academy of Science International Trust, to the FLEX program by the American Councils for International Education, to the Klitschko Foundation, to students from Yale, Columbia and New York, Harvard University, the London School of Economics and Political Science, LCC International, the Stockholm School of Economics in Riga, and Minerva Schools and KGI, to the United Nations, to interns at the Ukrainian Parliament and at the Canadian Parliament, 
the top 1% students in Ukraine, the Ukrainian YouTube influencers, but not only those. This podcast also features everyday normal Ukrainians sharing their stories, simple lives, and voices with the world because I want to give every Ukrainian from all backgrounds the opportunity to participate in this project for Ukraine. Now, our next goal is to interview 150 Ukrainians on this podcast. So if you wish to learn more about this project or to send me a message, go to the Instagram aziz.future. My guest today is Tatiana Wozniuk from the Kiev National Economics University, where she received her bachelor's degree with 95 out of 100 in banking. She was the manager of the education branch of Students Municipality and the member of NST, Scientific Students Society. Then completing her master's degree with 80 out of 100 to doing an exchange study at the Stockholm School of Economics and receiving a master's degree in economic analysis from the Kiev School of Economics, from Citibank to the Young Leader Program at White Shield Partners to being an investment associate at Horizon Capital. Tatiana is now an investment manager at JKR Investment Group, a group which invests in online tech entertainment companies and looks to generate returns by helping the ecosystem of portfolio companies achieve their goals. This investment group has 130 million in funds under management. Their portfolio include iGaming, e-commerce, technology, and consumer industries. She is also the co-founder of New Generation Women Leaders, supporting professional women in Ukraine to achieve their goals and be their best self. They organize lectures and workshops with inspirational women leaders, exchange ideas online and via regular meetings. Their mission is to help a new generation of women in Ukraine to break an old perception of a woman as a professional by mutually supporting and inspiring each other to dream big. Tetiana is a women's rights supporter and actively works to raise the financial education of Ukrainians. Tetiana, how are you today? Hello, I'm uh, great and ready to tell a bit about myself and about Ukraine, uh, about women empowerment program, and of course, finance, which is I truly love. Uh, Aziz, thank you so much for your initiative and uh, promotion of uh, Ukrainian as a true people uh, living in Europe. I agree with you and I thank you for the kind words. And to begin, trust in your heart and feel in your mood. Which of those topics you mentioned, whether about yourself, financial literacy, women's rights, or anything else, do you feel in the mood to speak more about right now? Personally, I would like to share uh, a bit about myself, my life story, and tell about uh, my um, my uh, passion, uh, which is actually women empowerment program to uh, improve financial literacy about uh, among Ukrainians. Great. So, Tatiana, I'm really curious about this. What is the story that made you the Tatiana of today? Uh, great question. So 
in uh, in a short probably it's my uh determinist uh my passion and my desire to be where i would like to be now and in the future so um i was born in um, um in the northern part uh, of uh, ukraine by the way um not far away from chernobyl uh, my parents uh, and my grandparents moved to central uh, Ukraine uh, in in 2000 in the beginning of 2000 and uh, after I started there uh, graduated from uh, Lyceum I had very good knowledge in math because I graduated with um, finance uh, with um, mathematical and physics background and uh, then I uh, applied uh, to Kiev National Economic University and moved to Kiev. Since uh, that time, I am uh, probably spent like 11 years uh, in Kiev, but have some different internships and exchange programs um, in Europe. So it's like in short, uh, since uh, 2014, uh, I... Um, I had uh, uh, I started to work, so my I had a versatility of uh, internships uh, in different companies, as you mentioned, Citibank, Piraeus Bank, uh, National Bank of Poland, um, and um, Nielsen. Also, this is like a marketing agency, and then I decided that uh, I would like to work in finance and uh, private equity. So I joined as intern. Uh, at one of the largest and leading private equity firms in Central Europe, uh, Horizon Capital. There I uh, grew up from intern to associate and uh, decided uh, and like uh, invested a lot in Ukraine and Ukrainian companies, primarily not even companies, but in Ukrainian people and uh, founders of the business. Um, so it was what I uh, did for the four and a half uh, years. Um, in 2017, together with my uh, best friend, we decided to um, to create an NGO and, by, by the way, found NGO, New Generation of Women Leaders in Ukraine. Uh, so it was uh, NGO which helps uh, Ukrainian young uh, women uh to to reach their ambitions their goals and perspectives uh, uh why we decide to do this uh because uh, i started to work in finance and found out that uh, there is there are not so many women in the room for example during board of directors um during like when you try to find new companies to invest in there are mostly um, male founders and it was like uh, I, I tried to figure out the answer for the question why why there are uh, not so many uh, females in the room uh, so I decided to basically to to teach new generation of uh, women to be in the room uh, and uh, we showed them uh, like we organized before pandemic offline events uh, usually it was like uh, up to 100 people with um, I would say well-known Ukrainian female leaders in different sectors uh, 
so it was uh, probably like we organized like a probably up to one maybe up to 30 events during the three years with uh, women from uh, business, corporate world, uh, government organizations, NGOs. Uh, so I attract a lot of uh, w- women through my own connections, through Anya, uh, this is co-founder connection, um, to speak, to share their uh, personal uh, story and uh, to tell like a lot of uh, wo- women in Ukraine like are scared of Korea because they think that they potentially would not combine both their private life, meaning like a children and husband and a career. So I tried to ruin these stereotypes and myths and show that, look, there are women who could uh, uh, could do both. And uh, you also could just dream, work hard, pursue your uh, goal, and you will reach it. And uh, starting the pandemic times uh, at um, New Generation Women Leaders, we launched first bunch of uh, webinars devoted to uh, entrepreneurship uh, because like a crisis is the best time to start a business. Uh, we tell uh, uh, like young professionals, uh, usually my uh, audience is like uh, 20 32 years old because we do a lot of questionnaires after our meetings so i just want to know who's my target audience so usually this is like uh, um, women between 20 32 years old uh, young professionals in uh, like uh, uh, high skilled professionals meaning like uh, lawyers um, financial guys um what else engineers it professionals doctors uh like uh every, mostly this sector of economy uh so we decide to tell them how to do business uh, i attract a lot of uh i guess like 10 or 15 uh female uh, small and medium uh, owners of the business to to tell their secrets how they start up uh, business how they uh Uh, Do they attract additional capital? Uh, What's like um, problems they meet during the journey of of growing their business? And the second bunch, I started with um, improving financial literacy. We have really a bad uh, heritage of uh, financial education from USSR times when there was a communism and like government will protect you, which is like... was rooted in the heads, like, you know, brainwash um, of uh, of these USSR citizens, uh, like, many years ago. And it's like, despite 30 years of independence still, people believe that the government will take, take care uh, about them, both, like, during the retirement age and uh, now, which is not true, to be honest. So uh, we launched... Um, webinars uh, to tell what is like a financial well-being, how to save money, how to create a budget, uh, meaning like uh, to put all your expenses, how to track them, how to do analysis. Then we have a webinar related to how improve your um, your sales or how 
your income uh, basically how to negotiate the salary how to find out uh, additional uh, job for example using upwork or using like some um, i don't know freelance job so and then we talk about investing so currently people uh, in ukraine meaning all I mentioned about have um, savings and they like are scared how to how to actually um, capitalize this money so uh, because before probably 2019 there there were pretty good uh, interest rate for deposits you could earn like six seven percent for deposit which is crazy in uh, developed world and um, uh, now, like they uh, figure out that uh, for deposits rated like up to 2%. So you need to find uh, different ways how to invest money. So uh, we organized uh, webinars uh, devoted to um, stocks, uh, bonds, uh, real estate, uh, alternative investments and uh plan additional like investing exotic some kind of uh, investments into wine art so we did uh, such in such webinars to tell uh, people how to um, to organize uh, their life with money <laughs> how to capitalize money and uh, to uh, basically to improve their uh, retirement age Thank you very much for the full information. And there is a lot to say there from you being born in the north of Ukraine near Chernobyl to you going to Kiev to study, to you doing internships and exchanges and scholarships in Europe, to you being in Ukraine and noticing that in board meetings, there are not many women founders or in finance that are at that high level and you wishing to support women through the NGO with Anya and attracting those high-skilled women as well as all others to show them that their fear of not being able to combine family with their work and a good career, that is a myth and it's a wrong fear, as well as about entrepreneurship because in a crisis, that's the best time to start a business. So bringing the successful women founders and entrepreneurs to share their secrets of business with other women, as well as to have those online webinars to share more information, especially about financial education, because a lot of people have remnants of wrong thoughts and beliefs about finance that stayed from the Soviet times. And therefore, at that time, there was a way where the dealing with money is not appropriate or good for them to become rich today or at least wealthy and for Ukraine to become more wealthy by people investing more rather than spending or only saving with a low return. There is a lot to unpack, but to ask you a bit about something you mentioned in the very, very, very beginning. You said you wanted to share about your story of persistence and persistence implies difficult obstacles but you don't give up can you share some of the obstacles in your own life that have shown you or taught you about persistence and that show 
that really, if someone doesn't give up, they can arrive to a place that those people who surrender and give up will never attain and that it's possible if you work hard, have big dreams, believe, and stay persistent in the face of problems and obstacles. Can you share about that? Uh, yes, uh, definitely. So in terms of persistent, I could tell you a story from my childhood. So, you know, I graduated with honor from school, from university. I will always uh, like push myself uh, to for more. Uh, maybe that was like uh, because I grew up in a small village, not like a small city. Um, I, uh, by the way, because my parents uh, were related to grandparents, were related to Chernobyl zone. First time I um, went abroad uh, when I was like seven years old to Switzerland. Uh, it was like a um, a program exchange program for children. Uh, whose uh, parents are related to Chernobyl. Uh, so um, that was like I spent two months uh, next to Geneva. And uh, like it was a campus of uh, maybe around 40 children uh, with um, uh, Switzerland volunteers, like uh, people who help such children to um, to learn language to see the world to um, to like uh, I have a lot of memories from this time actually I was just seven years old uh, but I see the world I message my mom uh, you know there was not like uh, phones or cell phones is what it was like by uh, letter I sent my mom just mom there are so beautiful in this place and uh, there is no garbage on the streets and uh, I, I saw like a world where I want to live and it was like a rooted in my mind what I want to do and uh, where I want to live and create society so um, probably it, it was mostly like an educational trip not just recreational, but for me, it gives me, it gave me a lot from this time. So uh, I always push myself. I see how the people could live. I see how um, how normal society where everyone support each other, where like uh, three or four volunteers organize a trip for just Ukrainians uh, for recreational purposes. It was like a charity project and uh, this was amazing so it it shows me it showed me how the world could be warm cozy place to help each other and actually i i brought from i i think and reflect a lot from this time and probably this really like uh, changed my mind so uh, I always push my push myself and uh, um, understand what I want to reach in the future. Uh, one example about persistence. So uh, I changed the school when I graduated from like a middle school, like eighth class. I don't know, grade, and entered um, Lyceum. So it was completely new school with um, like a with uh, 
with uh, pupils from different school, the best one, uh, which is always to push their self, like to, to reach more knowledge, to study a lot. So, um, and, uh, you know, I, every time I honored from the school in the previous years with diplomas that, that I am the best one. And uh, when I graduated from ninth grade, uh, I get uh, like a, nine out of 12 so it's not like a, a graduation with a honor uh, of chemistry because uh, I, I don't remember why actually but it was super complicated for me <laughs> despite i have a good knowledge in math despite i have some basic understanding how the world works it was completely disaster for me and uh, all summer i spent like uh, reading chemistry i like uh, ask this teacher could she like uh, teach me to learn more i am a great i actually i told her i will pay you money i will wake up at uh, 6 a.m uh because it was quite complicated to reach this lyceum so i wake up every morning at 6 a.m to to use like a train to to get to the lyceum and it was for four years i told her like i will go uh, and you will teach me because i need it and um, i i work a lot with her like whole summer i spent like every week i learned chemistry and uh, when i entered the next year at the school um so i uh, by the end of the ninth like a grade i graduated again with honor i uh, participate in the olympiads you know this is like a competition among the school on like a oblast like a region level ukrainian level in uh, olympiad of chemistry and uh, like i did it <laughs> i proved myself that uh, if i want to learn i will do everything so this is like a memory from um, like uh, in terms of uh, persistence, determinedness. If I say I will reach it, I don't care in which way. I mean, ethical, of course, uh, but I will uh, get it. So next years, uh, I, I, I was a friend with chemistry <laughs> and uh, everything was fine. And... Um, Usually I have a lot of uh, stories regarding to this. During university time, I chose diploma, which was completely out of the topic provided by a uh, lector, because I really wanted to discover uh, related to Ukrainian thing. And they taught, like, uh, <laughs> lectors told me, like, but it's difficult to find. And I say to them, there are a lot of English uh, papers, which I could, they, um, could, uh, use them could read because it's not super popular at um, probably like um, national universities to for people to learn english to to learn learn english in a such a way to read scientific researches but i was fine with that so i choose it i write a, a like a um, diploma uh, after graduation and everything was fine in it was related to the topic uh, which was very important to ukraine during this time like a dollarization of uh, ukrainian economy like uh, people always have in mind like how much it cost and, and in terms of just not they usually not answer in uh, grivnia but like uh, 20 dollars 
and it was like a collapse because uh, when um, uh, for example devaluation of national currency sorry guys maybe it's quite specific topics there is also a jump in in inflation so I decided to research this topic to understand the behavior of U- Ukrainians to read about inflation targeting I spent a lot of time and I really enjoy it despite probably prof- like lectors uh, have no idea about this <laughs> Uh, but I, I, it was interesting for me. It was not boring, like um, you need to write just for write. Uh, but I pushed for it, and uh, I get it. Uh, by the way, I am jujitsu. How is it? Jujitsu trainer or something. So I have a black belt in jujitsu, traditional one. I um, probably trained for uh, for ten years. Then I started started to work in private equity, so it was uh, hard to combine because you have a group um, group trainings, and uh, it's also terms of persistent because you need to go like three times per week uh, for trainings, and uh, um, it's usually like a painful from time to times. It's usually like you need to understand the physics how it works. It's uh, mental uh, not only like a physical but also mental work um so yeah i have a lot of stories to tell during my uh, actually i'm 20 year 28 years old uh and my life was really f- uh, like a full of different stories and uh i visited a lot of countries um and i could tell you a lot <laughs> Thank you very much. That reminds me of one of my favorite books on sociology. It's called The True Believer by Eric Hoffer. And one of the things where he analyzes revolutions, he says, people who don't know any better life, who are always poor, they don't have a revolution. Revolution is when people taste paradise and have a great experience. Then they get the great motivation and fire to return to that place. And that happened to you in Switzerland. You went, you saw the way people live, the no garbage on the streets, and that really gave you the motivation and fire to create that life for yourself, much more than if you didn't have that experience, then you don't know what is possible. And there is no motivation. And you mentioned many great things, but I want to make sure because 10 years of jujitsu, correct? Yes, you're right. And that time or even in the summer, you were waking up early to do chemistry and to be persistent. Well, how similar was learning jujitsu to that experience of forcing yourself or somewhat challenging yourself to learn um, chemistry and what lessons did you learn from jujitsu that you use in life that are useful for your success? Uh, good question. So um, I think a lot about jujitsu. Uh, how, like, definitely you need to push yourself uh, out of the boundaries uh, because first, probably when you train jujitsu, you will be the only one woman in uh, in the room. Uh, usually it's like uh, girls are, are, are out of martial arts they that some could it could be somehow scared painful as i told you 
before but you train your soul and your mind first like how to say in the first time and uh you become like a savvy uh both in body and uh, mental mentally and uh you usually learn how to uh how to be confident uh because uh, you need to know how to protect yourself you learn a lot basically i decided to train jiu jitsu because it combines uh, a lot of te- techniques from other different uh, martial arts and uh this is like uh, the the best after box um ca- kind of uh, sport which has like a protection uh self protection during um someone try to um to make a damage to you or har- uh, harm you uh so this is like a first one second one because you uh, got protection and you are confident what you could could uh, do and in terms of persistent uh, just imagine uh this is like a jiu jitsu camp in uh, odessa next to the sea you are on the beach in kimono which weights usually like um probably one and a half kilogram uh, because it's quite hard textile and uh, uh you like uh, train under the sun uh with like a lot of people usually it's different people because like it's camp people come from whole ukraine to train and you go to the sea then you have a wet kimono which like the weight of it increased by two or three times and you continue to train so it's something like us navy Uh, but uh, your mindset it's uh, uh, i guess has uh, to be changed during this um, this kind of trainings um maybe i don't have enough words to describe in a proper way uh but it trained a lot my inner spirit and uh, my body uh because just because you push yourself out of the boundaries you could do more so something like that thank you so it's about mental toughness discipline and being at the edge of and crossing your comfort zone which allows you to grow and now i have to ask a bit further why is it so important for you to challenge yourself to be excellent and to be at that level that you're always growing you're always pushing your limits uh i guess uh, that uh, when you push yourself out of the limits you know that it's not proven by science uh what's actually the limits of the per- of the human being uh, both in terms of uh, uh mentally and physically usually like i don't know why because like people could uh, uh feel a pressure of several tons uh i mean like by weight and mentally they again there is different situation so maybe i what i wanted it put myself in a artificial way uh, just when i got some kind of stress i'd be ready for this because i have already trained this Um so this is like my philosophy and my approach why I always challenge myself. 
One second, that's beautiful. It reminds me of Moshe Feldenkrais, who said there is no limit to improvement, and he used to do jujitsu and judo as well. So to ask you then a bit further, because this started in your childhood, so even before you had moments when that that you needed to really know about the potential of stress and difficulty that you needed to be ready for. So were there stories or moments in your childhood where you noticed a very difficulty, the very difficult and difficulty of life that made you think, I have to be ready, I have to train because life will not be easy and these moments will repeat again and I don't want to be weak when these happen? Or how did you discover, maybe you had a favorite book and in the story, the person said something similar that inspired you to challenge yourself and be ready? Or how did that philosophy begin and develop? Again, um, so I uh, grew up uh, in a typical family. I would say even with uh, USSR angel. So my mom is a teacher of um, Ukrainian language and literature. Uh, My father is uh, architecture and uh, builder. And uh, my grandparents worked in USSR very hard at uh, some um, uh, agriculture-related sector and uh, like both. My grandfather actually was kind of a businessman, so he was self-employed. He is like he have he had actually um, golden hands, so he created a wood. Uh, because again, I was born in uh, northern Ukraine, uh, where where a lot of uh, wood, and my grandfather uh, did uh, a lot of uh, furniture, and I spent a lot of time with him, uh, actually with uh, grandma and uh, with uh, grandfather, uh, because my parents uh, work, um, and uh, maybe this give me some kind of gave me some kind of uh, understanding the philosophy what's life because i uh, why i decided um, to to work for example because i saw my mom worked um i met her uh, i didn't visit by the way uh, kindergarten uh, because i thought it was pretty boring and i spent as i mentioned before a lot of time with my um, grandfather in at his like um, place where he put all of these wood things, he had several um, several workers. So I usually spend time with them, ask different questions, and my grandfather was super kind, telling me a lot. He uh, also was born in Russia and uh, like moved back uh, because it was a time of uh, Kurkuli. I don't know how it said in in. Uh, English, but it was the time when, when a wealthy, before communism time, wealthy Ukrainians were moved from Ukraine, like they were taken everything from them, what they earned by uh, like a hard work, and move without nothing to uh, different uh, Russian uh, regions, which is were un, uh, unpopular. Uh, so my uh, grand grand mother and grand-grandfather was moved and uh, my grandfather uh, actually 
was born next to Volg- Volga, Volgograd. And uh, so he told me a lot of his stories. I understood how the life is could be difficult when you could do nothing with it. And um, yes, so this is probably first f- factor. Second, my grandma, which was super hardworking person, she worked at uh, a farm, uh, which is like a typical uh, collective uh, farmland, uh, like um, government not the government, but like a state property. And uh, she worked with uh, some, uh, how to say, with the cows and something. So I spent a lot of time with her. She managed like all of these processes, not like, a, um, so she sat sit next to the, uh, how to say, uh, farmland. So I saw a lot of cows, I saw a lot of fields with harvest, and um, so she's constantly, she was constantly working. And uh, I understood that when you need to reach, when your family needs to be, because you know, during USSR times, uh, people have a lot of deficit in terms of uh, food, in terms of clothes, everything. My grandparents work a lot to to have something and um, maybe this teach me that i need to work a lot and to, to gain what i want and then again my mom uh pushed um, pushed and like uh, me to study a lot you know during my um, childhood uh, my parents invest like uh, a lot into the books into the programs um for me to uh, because you know, um, this is uh, proven that if you need to, there is a, some kind of social um, pyramid, and when you need to uh, reach the next level of your uh, parents, you need to invest into education. So my uh, family was always into giving me uh, opportunity to learn. So I learned a lot. I have a lot of books. I was not interested in toys. I I, I just remember that when I turned five, my um, my father um, present me like a Kinder, uh, which is again it was super scare a scarcity at this time. An uh, encyclopedia with like a world. It was the first book of like a, probably four hundred. Um, pages about everything i still it was actually currently i i take a look at this book which i basically have in my uh, library and uh, it it has a lot of um, how to say sharps or something so it was used so many times (laughs) Uh, but i remember that moment and um, probably this starts from the childhood and uh, i actually my um, grandma and grandpa passed away uh, very early in uh, mid of uh, 2000 probably uh, but like i'm super thankful to them because i learned a lot and um, I, I advise everyone to invest into education because it's like a, it's a proper way to reach next level thank you yes me too i grew up with my grandfather and when i was young all my best friends were his friends so i was my best friends were old old men and women old people 
I didn't have many young children who were friends before I turned 10. So that's uh, there is a lot of value and wisdom about life that comes from that. And even further, I don't want to speak about the past. I want to speak about today. In your introduction and in my understanding, you mentioned that you do something like yoga right now. Is this correct? Uh, yeah, you're definitely uh, right. Uh, current... One second. I want to ask about specifically, oh, okay. which one is your most favorite part about yoga? Is it before when you're like tight and your muscles are tight and you're not feeling so good and you think, wow, I will soon do yoga and feel good? Or is it during when you challenge yourself, you stretch a bit more than before and you notice the difference? Or is it after when your body is totally relaxed and you have more energy to work hard again and to challenge yourself more? Hmm. Great question. So I guess in the middle, because I see the progress and uh, I feel myself, uh, you know, I love yoga because I have uh, to be at at particular moment now. Uh, so I concentrate on the breath. I concentrate on uh, pain in every of my muscle. And this is like a best time for me to be now, to be on time. Um, yeah, so I like this during the whole process, probably I like the middle. Uh, but I should say the feeling after yoga is also blessing. Like um, you are relaxed, your mind is clear and uh, you're like a full of energy. Um, so maybe not the beginning because in the beginning you need to uh, push yourself to go, especially when you like have a, I don't know, 10, 12 uh, hours of work to put yourself into the physical activity actually requires some, um, how to say, not some energy, but some uh, tricky things. <laughs> I understand. So just to make even more sure, in the middle, when you're progressing and pushing yourself, how different is that experience in yoga to the jiu-jitsu or and to when you push yourself for chemistry and in education in general. Are you similar in that way? Or did you notice a change over time that maybe yoga is making you more um, calm and less pushing yourself as hard? Or what did you learn from yoga? And what is the similarity between you pushing yourself to progress in yoga to what you did in other activities that you mentioned? Uh, so yoga for me is a nice way to um, uh, to clear my mind and to strengthen my body. So I need to, um, you know, after you spend 10 years training jiu-jitsu, you always need to have uh, some kind of activity. So um, I, apart from yoga, I do crossfit from time to time. I run, maybe not a marathon distance, but like a 5-10 kilometers kilometers uh, work for me so yoga in comparison with other type of activities uh, give you uh, again like a clear mind strengths like a body in your uh, tonus uh, you you feel shaped uh, so 
it's a bit uh, different. And again, when I do yoga, when I feel pain, I like uh, switch off my mind. I'm fully concentrated on this pain. I like breathe out, breathe in, breathe out to relax and to like reveal the pain in my body. Uh, so probably it's different from other types of sport. Because in jiu-jitsu, you know, like I don't like the um, cyclical type of sport. Despite I do running from time to, from time, to time, uh, I um, don't like cyclical, like uh, uh, like uh, running, swimming, and uh, you know, this triathlon things. Because uh, like uh, you could uh, think... And for me, main idea of sport is just to switch off the brain. Uh, that's why uh, yoga works and jiu-jitsu works and squash works, uh, but not like uh, running and swimming. Yes, to turn off your brain. So that's a wonderful thing. But to keep your brain running for a little bit more, from what we talked about, do you feel there is some advice or a lesson or something you'd like to share with the listeners that they will find very valuable in their lives? Uh, probably I always advise to, to people it's never stop learning. Uh, because like a famous proverb, life will never stop teaching you. Uh, so I, I advise people to to learn constantly learn about different things like uh, read uh, uh, about the interest interest they have not about professional it could be professional but uh, you have need to have some type of hobbies you need to be interested in something because uh, with um, aging your brain uh, will uh, is losing elasticity so to be always with clear mind to be always with the great ideas and energy people need to learn and uh, basically i think this uh, distinguishes us from other mammals and other creatures but because we have this ability to learn we just need to push ourselves not to watch like constantly netflix let netflix i mean constantly but uh, to read more, to listen to podcasts, to listen, to watch the YouTube educational videos. It, 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 actually, it does not require too much time. But uh, to gain more knowledge always will put you above and um, into the next level. So my advice, never stop learning. So if I understood correctly, there are many factors. One is people have saved during USSR their money in the banks. And then when USSR collapsed, when they put it in those books, they lost everything. And then in 2014, when the oligarchs have decided to have their own banks and then to take people's money and give loans to their businesses, when that collapsed, only the amount that was guaranteed by the government, the people were able to recover. And therefore, people from older generations or even medium generations, not the younger, they really are careful and cautious and worried and wary about putting their money, not even in bonds and in stocks, but even in a bank. Like you said, the saying to keep 
their money under the mattress in dollars too, not in grivna, will be uh, safer than anything and to lose money on inflation better than not. So for the younger generations, you raise awareness that yes, but you can save a part of your salary and invest it all over the world, not just in Ukraine. And therefore, you can develop your wealth and not stay a poor country and a poor uh, group of people forever. Is this correct? Yes, you are right. So you are definitely right uh, that my idea that uh, I definitely we should improve uh, financial liter- literacy with the future generation and support like uh, previous generation. Thank you. And do you only provide education or do you have something like an index fund thing project you can include to make it even easier for people to invest? Or how easy is it? Because I think even PayPal doesn't, uh, isn't legal in Ukraine and therefore people cannot even use that to receive money from abroad. So you speaking about investing all over the world. Well, do you think that the legal system and uh, the whole country as it is allows Ukrainians to truly invest freely abroad? Yes, of course. Uh, So uh, this uh, new rule was introduced in 2018 when Ukrainians were allowed to invest into global stocks, for example, S&P 500 or any ETFs, but the sum is limited up to 150k per year. So you could open your brokerage account, for example, at um, f- uh, myself, I have um, at Interactive Brokers. So you need to uh, give uh, them like your um, passport ID, your uh, proof of uh, money, how you earn them. So not to like do some kind of anti-money laundering operation or whatever. So you need to support that you earn this money in a proper way and um, showing your, for example, banking account or your some kind of um, employee registration. And uh, you could easily invest uh, this money. So you move them uh, from uh, banking system. Usually it's like a SWIFT uh, payment. You could use typical bank, whatever you want, just uh, to through banking system. Uh, the the payment is usually fixed is uh, if i'm not mistaken like 20 dollars per transaction and uh, some uh, percentage from the sum so usually i advise to people to um, uh, to send money to your broker account like by by one payment the question is uh, in terms of uh, payout for example you earn by selling your stocks and you want to uh, move them back to Ukraine. So here you need to pay um, taxes for sure. Um, and uh, like uh, to, to show in Ukrainian tax uh, that uh, you earn dividends or you earn capital gain. And this is, should be in your declaration. So it's Thank much- you. Mm-hmm. And after all that trouble, do you think the taxes will leave enough profits for them 
to not be worth living under the mattress? I'm just curious. Uh, definitely, they should uh, understand how to say yes. Uh, I I like uh, S and P five hundred during the last I don't know ten years provide ten percent year on year, uh, and uh, this is like in uh, fixed currency. I mean dollar or euro. This is uh, like your uh, true money which you earn doing nothing, but they are not so popular and not popularized in Ukraine. So, but I I guess like the interest rates from deposits will push young Ukrainians because now before it was like a six or um, between six and eight percent on uh, dollars like the interest rate on deposit so it was like uh, it's crazy and now it's like a two percent per year so Ukrainians will be pushed like a young smart ambitious who think about their future will find the way how to um, increase their wealth and definitely they will decide uh, about stocks. Thank you. And to ask on a more mindset level, and you mentioned that there are people who don't trust the financial system, especially in Ukraine and the Grivna. Well, there are parts of the world, even in the US, where they say there is a poverty mindset in some people, where they think money is bad, it's evil, making money means you're taking advantage of people and being an oligarch and that money is something that is dirty and bad. Is there such a cultural bias for this wrong belief in Ukraine or do they have a healthy relationship with money? Is just not a healthy relationship with the financial system? Uh, definitely, I should say this is uh, this not for Ukraine for Ukrainian people, uh, they know how to behave, uh, how to spend money, maybe how to earn money, but they know how to uh, like multiply money. So this is the question of, uh, of uh, probably generations. Uh, Ukrainians were under uh, communism, like one for 100 years, where like a, uh, which definitely was bad to be a rich guy because everyone uh, was equal. So um, the mindset should be changed probably during generation, but there are not like a bad perception of money is bad, money is like bring you some kind of uh, problems or whatever. Probably this is the thought for older generation, not for uh, for younger. Thank you very much. And you said Ukrainians know how to earn and multiply money. Well, some guests actually said most people in Ukraine are poor. They don't really earn much to be even middle class. While there are very few very rich people and a small middle class from IT workers and people who are in such newer industries, and that is growing bit by bit, but it's not enough for Ukraine to have a proper middle class. Is this also your perception? Because to speak about investment, and then if most people in Ukraine are working 18 hours every day just to cover their rent and their living expenses, 
that they will not find that to be something relevant for them? Or do you notice that there is a true growing dynamic middle class that can be interested and looking forward to invest? Uh, yes. So uh, I, I tell you that people know how to earn money, how to spend, but not to multiply. So uh, maybe this that's a problem that uh, Ukrainian uh, are poor nationality but you know ukraine ukraine has a very shadow economy when you come to uh, ukraine and see there are many signs of pretty good middle class in terms of property in terms of cars you see on the street in terms of um, uh, some kind of retail number of shops uh, you will understand that probably this uh, middle class exists and uh, and definitely the middle class is growing right now um, you are right regarding the um, uh, IT professionals. Currently, they are like uh, 200,000 people, at least IT guys, who earn like uh, 3-4k uh, dollars per month, which is enough for Ukraine to live, to exist, and to invest. And uh, on top of that, there are people who are like uh, small entrepreneurs, like um, um, high-skill professionals like myself. And um, I, I should say there are some core of, um, of middle class who already know how to earn, how to... Uh, to, to and probably how to multiply. So, uh, for example, uh, during my webinars, I have at least 100 people during each webinar with a multiple, and I don't spend, for example, for advertising or something. I do it for like on a free basis. And I have a lot of people who are like changing and ask different questions, how to put money, how to uh, deal with the taxes. And uh, I see this money, these people exist and they are very interested into the what's to do with, with uh, funds they have. So you are definitely right about uh, growing middle class. And I think it's much bigger than we have on official statistics. Yes, the shadow economy you mentioned in Ukraine, which makes me think, look, you said people now are okay with earning money and they don't worry about like getting into trouble because of it. Well, there is a shadow economy, which means to me they worry about something, maybe the government taking their money or whatever. Do you think this is a true belief or why would there be a shadow economy if people are okay with the legal system as well as if people operate in the shadow economy, they cannot open a brokerage account abroad because they cannot prove it's not money laundry uh well i i suggest that uh, uh, we are talking about uh, the probably small and medium entrepreneurs uh, we have quite good um like government this small and medium entrepreneurs relationship uh, we have quite nice tax, like uh, up to 5% uh, from income you need to pay. 
which is limited in terms of sales. So, for example, if you earn uh, 1 million uh, in uh, sales during a year, you pay just 5% on income. This, I guess this is enough uh, in terms of um, relationships with government. We're showing your true declaration, how you earn this money. And there are, should not be like uh, some problems with uh, with government and uh, proof of your uh, tax evasion so probably it's not the sum when you need to 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 evade taxes Pro- if you are like a big oligarch or you are really have a large um, enterprises large business you will find a way how to to deal with it and uh, but for people which I mentioned before, I guess this not a problem. I, I like I believe that people like me and other high professionals, IT guys, they have understanding that better to pay five percent, they pay nothing because one day you would like to, um, for example, uh, how to say to buy to buy a new car from the saloon. Like, but you could not if you don't have a true proof of how you earn money. You could not buy like new uh, BMW, or you want to, um, for example, you want your child to study abroad. Again, this is, should be banking payment to a UK school or whatever. So, I I believe in a smart people in Ukraine and those who understand the consistency consequences of shadow economy tax evasion maybe uh, i'm quite uh, positive and uh, think in a right way that people um, like uh, want to pay these taxes want to earn money in the right way and uh, and do everything in a proper way again Thank you. And now I have to ask a question, which is about the brain drain. And you as a highly skilled professional who chose to live in Ukraine. Well, two things. To the people who are becoming professionals and think, oh, it doesn't pay well to be a highly skilled professional in Ukraine. Well, what can you say from firsthand experience? And second, what were the reasons that kept you in Ukraine while well, you could have been working in London or New York or Singapore or uh, Germany or anywhere else? Like it's both related, but both what kept you in Ukraine, although you're a highly skilled professional? And second, to people who are thinking about going to live forever abroad because they think there are no opportunities in Ukraine. From your experience, what can you tell them? It's a very good question. So my uh, position and my relation to this is, uh, um, you know, it's like uh, having a, it's like a building something new and find opportunities like in a white paper. So Ukraine it's a young country with so many opportunities across. You have a bright people, hardworking people. You have a like great entrepreneurs. You have so much opportunities. 
and especially nowadays when technology could uh, like connect you with everyone across the world so first one i guess i'm quite cosmopolite cosmopolite in terms of uh, thinking so i'm not guessing like uh, i i always will stay in ukraine but i love my country and here i uh, i see a lot of opportunities how uh, not only in terms of like uh, to earn money but in terms how i could be valuable to this country i know that people live it according like in terms of brain drain live to find something in different place but you know if uh, you go there you will be like uh, something for example you definitely will be different because look you are the person who were brought uh, up in a different i don't know this person even watched uh, cartoons which not the same with with uh, for example in new york which the same child saw in in the in their childhood it's the first one so you are pretty different maybe your children will be the same um like uh, in terms of perspective with a mindset with fairness but to you you are still like some of your part of your soul will stay in ukraine so f- for me i i don't like this idea and second it's quite uh find uh, it's quite difficult to um create something new in uh, i would say in this way in developed country because you know this country attract people of, attracts people from the whole world which is uh, quite uh, competitive and here in ukraine i'm not saying that i'm afraid of competition but i see that i could do much more in ukraine than i could do in london for example i could uh, meet uh, many people uh, again from different industries from different perspectives and i i guess uh, for example when i worked uh, at uh, horizon capital i saw a lot of uh, ukrainian entrepreneurs was like eager to employ very high skill professional and pay them like a western salaries because we have a lack of these people to help them to run their businesses again it's much uh, like uh, your country your people needs you why you go to other place definitely uh, from my perspective i st- uh, i uh, sometimes spent it at stockholm in stockholm school of economics i did some experience there i met new people which brought my horizons i came here and i could be valuable again to my society because i've i got proper education i brought uh, proper connections so this is i guess this is quite uh, good like to to exchange but not to live because you could you always be a foreigner and in ukraine you are like a ukraine you are real ukrainian you could easily understand person in front of you there is no like a hidden jokes or hidden misunderstanding so <laughs> for me i better stay in ukraine thank you that was clear and i hope many of the people will hear it and better stay in Ukraine and to speak about women's rights as well 
what did you think about the situation of women's rights in Ukraine that made you need and be driven to become an activist in this area? How is the situation of women's rights in Ukraine and what should be changed for it to become better? Uh, I should say that uh, in Ukraine, women's rights are mm, not um, abused and uh, everything in according to both in legal and in everyday life, everything is uh, proper and correct. So we are not like... Uh, um, a, man or someone else uh, for some kind of uh, violent uh, violates uh, women's rights but what i see uh, from uh, why i decided to launch this organization is just to show women that look you could be more you could uh, reach your goals you could earn more because in ukraine you know uh, women's uh, women uh, acquired uh, beautiful which is true, and they usually have an idea in their mind, like, oh, I will marry the man, and that's all. I will give a birth to a child, and um, this pretty everything I need in my life. And it's quite strange. For example, when I studied at university, there was uh, one girl who also um, graduated with a high uh, grade and uh, she studied um, like uh, on uh, public funding. So uh, we both had uh, scholarships from the government uh, because of uh, high grades. But when she graduated from the university, like... Uh, spent uh, like six months on the job market and then quit, give a burst, gave a burst to two child, and that's all. From my perspective, it's quite strange. Like you had sleepless nights, you put a lot of efforts into the learning and studying. Government spent money into you. Because uh, like government believed that you will be a high skilled professional, um, they like invested into you, and in the end you are like a state in uh, like um, how proper say stay at home and do nothing. For me, like at least if you took a scholarship from the government, you need to give back. Uh, so. Uh, from this example, I understood that, oh no, I should tell the girls that there is some kind of other way. You could give a birth to child, but definitely uh, you need initially to try yourself, like uh, how it could be valuable to society, how I could earn some kind of money to protect my future in case in case of emergency, of in case of any different situation. So, you need to go to job market because, for example, in terms of this girl, now after two children, she's like out of uh, job market for five years. And what? What she could do? There is no courses for women like to quit from uh, maternity leave because their skills are pretty outdated, for example, and she could not easily find a proper job to combine like your uh, parenthood and your uh, like a career. 
I'm like, uh, you know, uh, Sheryl Sandberg from CEO of Google, she's like a uh, pushed more women to uh, like uh, to provide proper uh, work um, environment for them to combine again, having children and career in Ukraine. It's like just the beginning of this. So and that's why women prefer just to marry someone. And that's all. So that was my idea to to push uh, and start this women organization to show uh, like uh, um, roles of uh, women from different industries. For example, like a law, from science, from a business, from government, that they both have career, their families, they devote time to their own, their education, but they have family. So it's possible to combine, like uh, believe, do uh, like what you usually do. So it's not like just one way to have children or to have career, but both. And what the second reason what pushed me to create organization is that when I started to work at Horizon Capital, I uh, usually visited um, a board of directors for different companies. And uh, I was just associate. So, um, and usually just one woman uh, at the round table. <laughs> and uh, by the end of uh, my employment with Horizon Capital, there was just two women at, uh, at investment team, me and the CEO. And it was quite strange. For example, I I gave you one um, example. For example, um, I uh, talked during the round table about the idea how to find new companies to invest in. And it was like, uh, hey, guys, maybe let's contact creative agencies because like many businesses uh, reach them to have new logo or whatever. So they probably if new business occur, they talk to uh, creative agencies to have new logo, no, uh, new identics. And the guys, like, uh, I, I'm, I'm telling you just the real story, told me, like, Tanya, it's like a, a so-so idea. But uh, the CEO, which is also a woman, told me, like, Tanya, this is a great idea. Definitely we should try it. So she supports me. Like, she pushed me to, like, give more, brainstorm, and this is very important for women to have another woman or more women in the same space to push you, even senior women, to push you, to, uh, women to push you, to motivate you, to um, constantly like uh, someone, you know, this is exper experiment, famous experiment. When uh, you enter the room full of new people, both women and uh, men, you usually uh, approach uh, the same sex. So if I am a woman, the same gender, I mean, you, uh, when I am woman, I will find uh, and introduce myself to a woman because it's much easier to find the contact. So I am talking too much, but this is like, uh, I, I could definitely talk more, but this is like two main points why I decided to launch uh, New Generation Women Leaders. Actually, it's very, very valuable. And the fact that over time in the board meetings, there are more and more women and they encourage each other to participate and to brainstorm. That's wonderful. And if people want to learn more or participate, 
whether in the Women's Leaders Initiative you have or to attend some of your online workshops about um, financial literacy, what would be the best links for them to go? Okay. Uh, so for us, uh, it's usually um, we have a Facebook account and Instagram account. On top of that, uh, we usually communicate through and post like since pandemia time, we uh, did only webinars. So we have two. First one was devoted how to open your own business, like a small, for example, how to um, to create a handcrafted lingerie which was uh, the speaker was uh, Lera Zhilova it's founder of uh, very nice very cool well-known um, lingerie uh, provider so we have like a 10 webinars about um, uh, how to start your own business and since uh, autumn we launched this uh, uh, financial literacy course uh, which also could be founded on our facebook page new generation women leaders in ukraine i know it's quite long uh, naming <laughs> and definitely we will rebrand but now uh, i will mention that you could find on facebook instagram and uh, and that's all <laughs> Thank you very much, Tatiana. It was really, really valuable, and I cannot wait to share this. So I wish you a great day. Thank you so much. It was a very interesting question, by the way. And uh, you are a very good listener. You catch all my phrases and uh, quotes. Thank you. <laughs>